From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told. And you are among friends. The man with X-ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, will join me in, uh, well, at the bottom of the hour, actually, to discuss a recent remote viewing experiment he and I did on live radio across North America. Now, I don't mean to brag. I really don't. And I think you know me. I'm, I'm not a boastful person. But... Uh, with regards to this remote viewing experiment, I nailed it. I really did. And Douglas and I will talk about it and how it all went down. And he'll also discuss his battles with Canada's version of the IRS. Now, before we get rolling, just a friendly reminder that if you want to receive my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, nothing could be simpler. Just go to my website, Strange Planet. .ca, strangeplanet.ca and register your email. It's really that simple. Then you'll get the newsletter for free once a month right in your inbox and you'll also be entered into the monthly draw for free Strange Planet gear, t-shirts, mugs, phone cases and more. And speaking of which, congratulations to Colleen Hurley. You are October's winner and I'm sending you a Strange Planet mug. So get on board Go to strangeplanet.ca and register. Do it right now. Now, because it is the second Sunday of the month, our first segment, right out of the gate, we always welcome the founder of Reverse Speech and the co-host of Reverse Speech Radio, David John Oates. David John Oates, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. Where have I found you? I'm actually in a little town called Christmas Valley, which is 200 miles south of Portland, Oregon. I'm in the high desert, right out in the middle of nowhere. All right. Well, the Skype connection is good, so we'll pray that it holds. Now, earlier in the week, I sent you some audio clips of our Prime Minister, recently re-elected Prime Minister uh-huh. Justin Trudeau. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I sent you, what, maybe four or five kind of right. Q&A yeah. sessions. They were about four, five, six minutes long. Before you play the reversals, and I, I know you're from Australia, you don't follow Canadian politics too closely. Right. But as you're you're looking at Prime Minister Trudeau, his body language, yeah. as you see him speaking forwards, did you have any immediate impressions about him? Well, I'm embarrassed to say. I thought he was very immature. Well, don't so be embarrassed. A lot of us feel that way. Yeah, that was my immediate impression of him. I think he's way over his head. There you go. That's what I thought. That's honest, and I appreciate your candor. When you, because you've been studying this for such a long time, over 30 years, 35 years or more, are you able to, let's say, predict the likelihood of, of someone's reverse speech revealing deception just based on their comportment and the way they carry themselves? Yeah, you know what, I'm asked that question quite a lot. I've certainly become far more intuitive than what I was when I first started. I've learned to recognize the subtleties of speech. 
I wouldn't say that I'm at the level yet where I can just by listening to the forward where I can tell someone's lying or not telling the truth. I've been surprised quite often. I've had an opinion about someone and it's turned out to be not true when I've done the reversal. So, no, I would say I don't have that art mastered yet. What about body language? Oh, that's very interesting. We've just released a new video software that runs videos in reverse. And I am noticing some incredible links with body language where uh, eye movements or arm movements or facial expressions will tie in precisely with where the reversal occurs. So I'm going to use that as a tool as I start to experiment more with the video software. All right. So there were so many uh, scandals that plagued our Prime Minister over the last four years, really, that I, I didn't know even where to begin. But I, I sent you, I think, there were three or four different scandals. One involved, and I'm not sure which order we're going to play, but one of it involved the groping scandal where a young reporter alleged that Trudeau, before he entered politics, had groped her. Well, and uh, in a, the second one had to do with the SNC-Lavalin case where he was accused of obstructing justice by putting pressure on the Minister of Justice in a case involving this Quebec construction firm, SNC-Lavalin. And then the third one involved, of course, uh, the blackface scandal, the multiple blackface or brownface scandals. There may have been one more, but uh, where did you want to begin? The Lavalin one was, uh, I, I mean, I didn't know what any of these were all about. So, you know, like, uh, I, so I just uh, filed them. And uh, so let's look at Lavalin. So here is the forwards. Our, 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 our platform came out weeks ago, and it is worked with, the, we worked with the, the, uh, the uh, parliamentary budget officer. And we have a vision. Okay, so that's good audio forwards. And in reverse, they throw you filth, go sit in it. Wow. <laughs> oh, so they throw you with filth. Go sit in it. Oh yeah. Hear that one? Yes. They they throw you with filth. Go sit in it. What do you think that means? Oh, I think he's in trouble. <laughs> he's, 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 he's made his cake and he's eaten it too. It's been thrown back in his face. I mean, I don't know anything about the case at all, so I'm just interpreting the reversal. He's getting negative actions thrown at him and he's sitting in it. He's, he's squandering it in it. He's in trouble. Right. What happened was this Quebec construction firm, SNC-Lavalin, they were charged with corruption and bribing some foreign leaders, I think in Libya actually, in order to get contracts. So they were being charged here in Canada. The decision whether to proceed with these charges, of course, was up to the Minister of Justice. And she had accused Trudeau of pressuring her, in other words, interfering with the case, a court case, not to proceed with charges because, well, he claimed that he was worried about protecting jobs, that if they were charged, there would be jobs lost. But that's a a real ethical criminal violation to obstruct justice, interfere in a case. So that's what that was about. Okay, so what do we have next, David? Okay, well, here's an isolated reversal I found on him while he's talking French. So here's a little clip of French. And here he says, I think this is in the groping section, and he says, see the sex. 
Thursday. Well, and the, the reversal is, and unfortunately, I, I don't speak French, so I don't know what he said in the forward clip, but that was in the batch that I sent you referring to the groping allegation. Exactly correct, yes. And the fact that he speaks both French and English is not surprising to find an English reversal on the French speaking. Yeah, I've, French. I've never heard you play an example like that. Is that. So that's common? Yeah, fairly common. I've got a few examples of that, which uh, which I could probably pull out if I if I hunt for them really quickly. So like again, the, re- the the forward speech is in one language, and then when you play the reversal, it's in it, English. Yes, you assume, of course, that they're bilingual, and so that's why you're getting the. Reversal. Oh, I see. Right, because they're thinking. Their subconscious mind is thinking in one language, and they're right. expressing verbally in another. Right. Yeah, that that would appear to be the case. We've got examples, for example, where the reverse will start off in one language and uh, halfway through uh, turn into another language. Like here we have been Assam, just off topic, just briefly. Here's Assam of Bin Laden speaking in Arabic. <laughs> Now, he was bilingual, of course, or trilingual, and he says in reverse, I will buy you the palace of evil. Oh my, yes, that's pretty clear. I will buy you the palace of evil. Yeah, that is pretty clear. And one would presume also there would be other reversals in the same language, but you, if you don't speak that language yourself, you wouldn't necessarily be able to catch those. Exactly correct. That was a half an hour speech by Bin Laden, and that was the one reversal I found. Doesn't mean there was only one there, but that's the only one in English. You know, if the reversals in Arabic, of course, would mean nothing to me, so I'm going to bypass them. How many, when I sent you those uh, Trudeau clips, and I'm not sure, there may have been, what, 20 minutes worth of forward speech there? The trouble was, the last two or three only had little snippets, like little uh, 15, 20 second snippets of Trudeau talking, which makes it a bit difficult. Right, because you need to talk for about eight seconds before you get a a reversal? Especially when you're talking about media. With media reversals, uh, you get a lot less in eight seconds. They'll drop down to once every minute, for example. Oh, why is that? Because you're primarily left brain, and the more right brain you are in your speech, uh, the more reversals will appear. If someone is very emotional or very relaxed or caught off guard is the type of place you'll find the best reversals. But if someone's reading a prepared speech or they've got a, a subtext running in their mind and they're just repeating the standard line over and over again, you won't get many reversals. Oh, that's interesting. And yes, Trudeau is sort of the master, if I can use that term, he's not a master of much, but of uttering prefab prepared statements, because this is not someone who is really capable of thinking on his feet. So that would make sense. But the best one I got, the best reversals on, I got the five reversals in the very first clip you sent me, uh, where he was talking off guard. And unfortunately, the audio wasn't the best in the fours, but I got some great reversals. And so, this was about the blackface scandal, or what was it about? I think this was about the blackface scandal. Okay? okay, so let's play one of those. We'll start off with a funny one. This is not necessarily in order. Okay, so here's the reporter. The reporter's quite aggressive towards him, okay? Are you sure had come out with one of these photos during the campaign? 
an apology have been enough for you to allow you to stay? We would make that decision on a case-by-case basis. We will make that decision on a case-by-case basis, and he says, this is goddamn believer. This is goddamn believer. So he's frustrated at the reporter. She's a believer in the scandal. Ah, okay, all right. So, so that's funny. So, uh, uh, and here we have another one. Um, okay. So again, he's speaking French again. Speaking in French, right. And this verse is actually quite clear. Uh, they see my pain. Hear that? Right, yeah, they see my pain. So it sounds like he's saying that the reporters, he thinks he's won them over, they're sympathetic? I think so, yes, I think so. And then the next one is this is goddamn believer. He's frustrated with the next reporter's question because she's um, aggressive or anti his position, if you know what I mean. Yes. So, yeah, all right, okay. So um, oh, here we have, I think this is from the s- groping scandal. Let's just play it forwards. This would be a call for important conversations with all those candidates and uh, real stake of taking stock in the path forward. And I'm having conversations with, with uh, my colleagues, with fellow candidates, and I'm going to be continuing to having conversations with Canadians about this and about many other things. Okay, so he's saying he's going to continue working for Canadians. Yeah, a whole, he's saying a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting reversal, I'd manage the kingdom. Oh, that's hard to hear. Oh, that's not a good one. Let's play that again. I can hear kingdom. I heard kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's uh, it's uh, not a best reversal in the world because the audio is so bad on that one. Sorry, I manage the kingdom. What do you yeah. m- suppose that means? Oh, I think he sees himself as a bit of a egocentric sort of guy he's running the show i'd manage the kingdom he sees canada as a kingdom and he's a ruler right right that's what i gather that he he thinks he's entitled to and to refer to as a kingdom he imagines himself as royalty yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's it's like the verse i played on your show when the other day uh i'm an i'm an ass i can't pull that up the top of my head uh, yeah right but nothing so, here, what's interesting to me, what stands out so far to me, is that there's nothing overtly deceptive. No. Uh, what it is, is it's just confirming, I think, what m- many of us have suspected, as A, he's an egoist, uh, yeah. uh, B, there's an arrogance there. Uh, but there's, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing overtly deceptive, at least not yet. No, well, I was looking for it, and I didn't find it. And uh, what we're seeing here is more of his reaction to the accusations, more of, you know, they see my pain. This is a damn believer, okay? They throw you filth, go sit in it. And it's more like, huh. actually, now you mention it, that's very egocentric reversals. They're more about how it's affecting him and how he's being affected by all of this scandal. And there's a sense of unjustness about it. He feels unjustly accused. Hmm. Does, does that make sense? It does. It does. And it is. It it, it, um, it coincides. Uh, yeah, with with what I've seen and heard 
from uh, our young boy king, as we call him. Uh, all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you go. I'd manage the kingdom, our young boy king. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Do we have another? Uh, yeah, I've got one more, uh, which uses a uh, metaphor that I've heard occasionally, but I don't know what it means, so we'll leave on a question mark. So, uh, so here we go. It was a dumb thing to do. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm pissed off at myself for having done it. I wish I hadn't done it, but I did it. Okay, he's talking about the uh, black black face. Yes. To do. Uh, A a very bizarre reversal, and I'd never have fussed down the faucet. And I'd never have fussed down the faucet. Clear. Yes. There it is. I've never flushed down the faucet. I, I'd never have fuss. Oh, you heard flush down the faucet. Hang on. And I'd never have flush down the faucet. Oh, it is flushed. And I'd never have flush down the faucet. I'll be bothered. Hmm. I'd never have flush down the faucet. Gee, maybe he's thinking he didn't throw this um, stuff away. He didn't flush right. It away. I can't. In other words, uh, forward. Actually, his forward speech there is probably one of the more genuine, heartfelt. Uh, things I've ever heard him say. Uh, it wasn't canned and prefabbed. It sounded like he was being earnest and speaking from the heart. One of the few times I've ever heard him utter anything even remotely genuine. Uh, but that backward, that reverse speech, that is a metaphor you're saying. So, yeah, I think he's. I think what he's saying, I can't get rid of this sh. I can't get rid of it. Right. I've never flushed it away. It's it's there. To, it's there hounding me. Uh, Anyway, there you go. Metaphors get cryptic sometimes, and uh, there's some of the cryptic ones. I uh, try to uh, keep them off the air, the real cryptic ones, but uh, but I found well, the ones. It, it is what it is. Um, and how long, when I sent you those tapes, and again, 20 minutes worth of clips perhaps, how long did, did it take you to uncover these reversals? Do they jump out at you, or do you have to play them again and again? No, it was fairly easy. I did it this morning. Uh, I probably spent about two, three hours on it, so that's not too bad for the number of clips you sent me. That's about average. Hmm. So, so something I've learned then today is the the press conference or a Q&A type or prepared statements are, are not fertile ground for reversals. No, they're not. No, they're really not. Very, very frustrating. Um, you know, look, the, the the best reversals in the world are in my private session tapes, and they're the ones I can't use. You know, and that's ninety percent of my work, and uh, they are just amazing. You know, we'll, we'll look, we'll send a show on some of the ones I can share, okay? And uh, uh, you will be amazed at what we find out during session work. These are from your clients. From my client files, yes. All right. Okay, so in the meantime, we have Reverse Speech Radio, this new podcast. Uh, and I guess you've been on a bit of a hiatus because you've been traveling and you had the, we had the Reverse Speech event here in Toronto. Uh, uh-huh. but that'll be picking up soon, I presume. And, uh, once again, new episodes will be dropping on Thursdays. People can go to reversespeech.ca, reversespeech.ca or Reverse speech dot, uh, sorry, reverse speech radio dot libsyn dot com. Yes, yes. And our listenership is growing all the time. People are loving the show. So, uh, tune in. Find the latest about reverse speech. Fantastic. We'll talk again next month. Safe travels, David. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it.
All right, Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with X-ray eyes, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is next. Stay tuned. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Douglas James Cottrell is best known as a trans clairvoyant. He's a spiritual healer, teacher, published author who demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, including clairvoyance, telepathy, energy healing, remote viewing, prediction, and prophecy. He's one of a select few to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. He teaches people the world over about spiritual development through the practice of meditation and the application of spiritual principles in daily life. Douglas James Cottrell, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? It's always a pleasure to be back with you, my friend. Uh, I always enjoy your company and, indeed, doing your show. Likewise. We just spoke recently on Coast to Coast, which is my other job, if you will. And uh, we conducted what I thought, Douglas, was a pretty remarkable remote viewing experiment. Explain uh, to my listeners who maybe didn't have a chance to catch us on Coast recently in October, what happened? Well, we've been doing experiments on air. I don't think anyone else actually does that, uh, attempting to show that that the human consciousness is uh, such that we can see uh, an object at a distance, and that topic, or that I guess that that topic or or area has been exploited by military people, and it's been assigned the name remote viewing. In other parts uh, of the intuition world, that would be called clairvoyance, uh, mind projection, that kind of thing. So, what you were able to do as we experimented with the audience was to have a mystery object put on my desk. Uh, unbeknownst to you what the object was, uh, as well as the audience. And in previous uh, uh, times we've done this, I think we've done it about five times, you've been remarkably accurate at uh, seeing without seeing the object with your, your physical eyes. You've been able to see the object in your mind, in your intuitive mind, with the shape, the color, and on occasion you've been very close in, des- in describing and coming to conclusion what the object was. In this last show on Coast to Coast, you actually named the object. Mm. For people who were who would like to know more about this, how you came to that, if they listen to that segment of Coast to Coast, they'll see you as I did, or they'll listen to you more exactly, how your mind was going all around the object. When we teach people to remote view, going into a state of, of meditation I call quantum meditation. It's, uh, it's basically into a light state of meditation, which you probably were in an alpha state. You're able to see shapes, colors, little teeny bits of detail that your attention is drawn to. And part of the uh, uh, ability is to take those little bits, those those items where your attention is being drawn, and then expand on it and sort of develop the picture in your mind's eye. People listening to that show in which uh, you correctly identified the object, they can see the process literally moment by moment developing as you came to the conclusion to identify that mysterious object. Right, and again, they can go to coasttocoastam.com and 
I'm trying to remember the date that we. It was in October. Do you actually actually remember the date? <laughs> yeah, I know time goes by real fast. I think it was that uh, was it not Sunday the 27th something like that. That makes sense. It was in and around the 27th of October. So for those uh, people that are part of the Insiders Club at Coast, they can go back and listen. Uh, otherwise, join the Insiders Club at Coast and, and have a listen. And also, I think the photo is probably still posted there. So pe- so people understand, you were sitting in your uh, your office in London, Ontario, way down the uh, the 401, or the 403, rather, and I was sitting in a studio, in t- a radio studio in Toronto, and you had sent a photo of the object that was on your desk to my producer at Coast, the webmaster at Coast, because he was instructed to post the picture immediately after we we revealed what the object was. Only they knew, and you knew. And um, so I had a, a, a pad of paper and a pencil in hand while I'm c- conducting a live radio show. So uh, that was a little... A bit of a challenge, however, and then the listeners were also invited to follow along with your your instructions and protocol, and then they called in with their impressions of what the object might be. And uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. And some of them were very close, but as I as I started off to say uh, during the show, is that it's not important that you see the object like it was a butterfly in a box. We're not looking for that. We're looking for the shapes, uh, the colors, some some detail in the object. And if people listen to you, I'm sure when you were sketching it down, that helped you form or come to the conclusion and actually see the object in your mind's eye. But many of the listeners were uh, very close. One lady didn't see the object exactly as it was, but she saw it as something else that looking from the object straight on, it would appear exactly the way she described it. You saw the object from the side and then from the front a little bit and then from the top and then from the back and you kept describing the various parts of the object. And again, people listening to this, they'll get some hints on how to use remote viewing because it's not a snapshot. It's not a uh, it's not a picture that you can develop by like a, a snapshot. It is a process using the contemplative mind, or what I like to call the middle mind, and that's the mind that makes up the intuitive abilities of clairvoyance, clairessence, clairaudience, um, premonition, precognition, telepathy, et cetera, et cetera. And so, in this process of teaching people how to develop their intuition. The first thing, of course, is to get over the doubt. You're a really smart man, and the audience are really smart. And to say to yourself, how can I see something that, for some of these people that are calling in from California and Florida, all across the continent, how can they see that far away an object sitting on my desk here in London, Ontario? Yet they did. They saw a certain shape. They saw a certain color. And if people listen to the show... This was a straight up show. There was no, you know, no collusion on my part. There was no, um, assistance. As a matter of fact, I think it was me that came up a show or two ago that said, why don't we take a picture of the object and then post it while the show is still on so the people out there in the audience can actually see, uh, compare rather to what they were seeing in their intuitive mind. And in previous shows, you did remarkably well, but this, last show was the uh, uh, 
Yeah, there's a French term for something that says... Uh, the denouement? The denouement? <laughs> I w- yeah. Quite frankly, I was you, floored. You did very I w- well. I, well, uh, thank you. Uh, I was floored. Uh, walking on air, I think, is the term I used because I... Just so, again, if people don't have a chance to listen, my the first impressions that came to me were off, to be in all uh, in, in all candor. I, I, I was seeing something, a very kind of a, a light pink or a salmon color and then you said no and then you explained to me that I was that I was probably seeing the because your computer was also on the desk and it was open to your web page and the background was kind of that color and you then sent that photo a picture of a, a screen uh, picture of your your website to my uh, producer and saying this is what Richard was probably looking at because I was off I wasn't looking at the object I was looking apparently on your computer screen and well, then remember, the, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say that you were off. You, your vision when you start, you know, you sort of come. It's like being up close, and your peripheral vision can see things. And and the object was literally a few inches away from my screen, so I wanted to give that support that you were actually visiting my website. And people go to my website, douglasjamescoffrell.com, they'll see that salmon brownish color that you were looking at. So it, it wasn't that you were off. Is that you were your attention was being drawn, if you will, naturally towards the illuminated screen, right? Even though the object was well lit in front of it, but and then you yeah. you kind of shifted that all by yourself onto the object. Well, then the, the next thing that came to me was an arch, and uh, then from there it developed, in a, and I began to see a metallic or a shiny uh, silver object, and then from there. I, uh, for some reason, this wasn't a remote viewing thing necessarily, but something came into my head that when I was saying salmon color, it was like, no, not a salmon color. It looks like a salmon. It looks like a fish. And then, so I said, it's a, it's elongated. It's silver. It's the arch looks like it could be a fin or a tail. And then, um, I started to, as I stepped back and started to see more, I said, no, it's not a fish. It's an airplane. That's the tail section of an airplane. And voila, there it was. Well, if you look at it, when people go to see that picture on the Coast to Coast website, they'll see that it is long. And if you look at it directly on the side, just you know, horizontally looking at the side, they'll see that the arch that you went on and on about, because that came to your attention first, and you said it actually looks like an arch like in St. Louis. And it did. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, Spirit of St. Louis, you know, here we go with, with, uh, Emil Hartz, you know, uh, <laughs> he's getting close, you know. <laughs> that is me thinking, you know, without saying anything out loud, but I, the arch looks exactly like that. The stand that this model airplane on, which is about 12 or 14 inches across wingspan, looked exactly like one half of the arch. And I think you actually said that. That it was an arch, definitely, but then you got into it, as you said, you, you thought it was a fish because you were seeing the outline of the plane. If you look, you know, without, without looking above or below the wing, if you look straight at the side of the plane, you'll see that the tail section and the other part of the plane, including the nose of the plane, could be mistaken for the outline of a fish. All right, we'll, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and continue to discuss a remote viewing, how to become a remote viewer right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us.
Follow the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Douglas James Cottrell is here. Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with X-ray eyes. And we were earlier discussing our rather successful remote viewing experiment on Coast to Coast AM. And uh, if people want to learn and, and discover uh, how this can be done, how they can learn this, you have a, a rather extensive course coming up in Texas in January. Uh, tell us about that. Well, um, I would think it's, uh, uh, um, it, first of all, it, it's a course that uh, comp- encompasses many of the intuitive abilities or gifts. I don't teach from an esoteric perspective. I teach from an experiential one, which means that I teach people uh, how I taught myself with hands-on, uh, you know, basically by experience, and that has great value. There are many people out there in the world who are talking about remote viewing and um, deep trance meditation or clairvoyance or spiritual development. In this course, uh, over the years that we've done, we've we've uh, uh, whittled it down to nine days. And in those nine days, it's like nine weeks. And there are other people who teach uh, similar things, but of course not in the same way I do. And it takes months or, or even years that they have people go through a, a, a development course. In this, in this course, in nine days, we talk about all these building uh, blocks and steps to take, including what it's like to be out there in the great beyond in the Akashic field, what it's like to overcome uh, that doubt and fear and anxiety that are you really doing this, or is this your imagination? Many of the people that take the course, I might add, have been everywhere else. And when they take this course, they found that it's fleshed out, it's full, it's dynamite, it's packed full of everything that they've been that have been has been alluded to, or that they've thought about. But I explain it, and then I demonstrate it. And while people are there, I also do a little energy work on their pineal gland to enhance their intuitive skills or abilities. But like you, you've been a student, so to speak, in in several radio shows, and you were able to, just a a few weeks ago on the Coast to Coast show, correctly identify and see and allow the manifestation of an intuitive image to come to the manifestation of exactly what it was. And that is a profound profound ability that was already there. I just helped you discover how to get through the layers of the onion, so to speak, into through the through the intellect, through the the rational mind that says this can't happen, to that point where the intuition says, Here I am. And when you unlock that door, which is what we do at the course, the people are profoundly uh, amazed at how it was always there. I had a physician come from Japan who take the, took the course a few years ago, and at the end he thanked me because he said, you're the first one that ever told me that the imagination and the things that come into my mind are important that help me lead to being able to see. And this man had been all over the world. He was a physician. He was on a mission to find out how to develop his intuition to do exactly remote viewing, if you will, inside a person's body. And at the end of the course, he was able to do it. And again, it's because I do it. It's because I know how the mind works. 
and it's because when we went on the show and I was encouraging, but I didn't uh, foretell or hint anything to you or the audience that people from as far away as California were able to see the shape of the airplane, and they saw it as a bubble or a bulge. That was the cockpit on the top of the plane. Somebody saw the picture or the color. Somebody saw the props and described it as a helicopter. So I know how the mind works, and that's how I'm able to, in an expeditious way, teach people how to do what Edgar Casey did, okay, what so, Ross Peterson did. So give us the detail. I, uh, give us the details, Douglas, uh, for the course. It's happening in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, basically, it's January seventeenth uh, to the twenty-five. It's twenty twenty. It's in Fort Worth. Uh, meals are included. The hotels uh, reduced twenty-five percent or so. And they just go to my website, douglasjamescottrell dot com, and it's in the top banner. It's called Mastering Your Intuition Program. There is a lot in the program. We are there from ten in the morning till five and at night in the class, and then we talk after. And personal attention is given. And it's a small class. There aren't hundreds of people here. There might be anywhere between 14 and 20 people, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But everybody that's attended the course, we can give people references if they want to call previous students. January the 17th to the 25th, Fort Worth, Texas, and 2020. We just have about 20 seconds here. Uh, so w- will part of the instruction include your 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 have an object that they have to remote view and and uh, just like we did on coast to coast good question at the end of the course you uh, the student will graduate by being able to remote view or through quantum meditation clairvoyantly see the physical conditions in somebody's body that is miles and miles away that they've never met and they don't know a thing about and only then do they graduate. And everyone that's taken the course graduates because there's a prerequisite. I interview them ahead of time to make sure they have the intuitive skills, the visionary skills to go ahead with the course. And that's why we have 100% graduation. And everybody is able to see, just like you did the airplane, in the same manner and in the same way. They're able to see inside somebody's body hundreds of miles away they've never met and they don't know a thing about All right, back with more of The Conspiracy Show right after this. Stay with us. Is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. We are back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. And I want to shift gears here a little bit. You have a church in Hamilton Beach, not too far from where I'm sitting. It's a Christian church. You, you, you have services there. Recently, well, not this goes back actually a few years, you were targeted by the CRA, that's uh, Canada's Revenue Agency, so that's like our equivalent of the IRS. Uh, they were challenging your charitable status as a Christian institution. Tell me what's happening there. Well, it's a long, uh, sad, uh, horrific story that is unbelievable on the, on the face of it uh, for most people to say here in Canada that we have the Charter of Rights and Freedoms 
that guarantees religious freedom of worship and assembly. And through our experience, and this is not by far singular to the Many Mansions Spiritual Center, it is, I guess, for the last, since 2012, uh, small um, organizations, religious groups, have been targeted, which is a good word, in my opinion, by CRA. And CRA has developed uh, for those nonprofit incorporated organizations that happen to have charitable status, they have targeted them and deregulated them by something they invented, in my opinion, and that was revocation by audit. Revocation by audit. Again, it's unbelievable, but uh, as a matter of court records uh, that are in the public domain, uh, both in the, in the CRA domain, uh, in the federal court, and now in the Supreme Court, uh, what I'm about to say is factual. It's not inflammatory, and it's uh, uh, I'm trying to be as, as level uh, minded as I can. We had an auditor come into our church on the pretense that it was a random audit. He did not speak to the members of the board of directors. He only spoke to myself. He deceived me by saying that he was just going to come in and do a routine audit. And our a charitable organization, I was able to raise funds to buy the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center located at 180 Beach Boulevard in Hamilton, Ontario, which is right down on the beach. It's a very beautiful property. Um, a very wealthy um, family donated the money, and we bought the building and then incorporated as a nonprofit organization. The, or, the corporation owns the, the building, the property, the assets. No money was ever paid to myself. As a matter of fact, no money was paid to any director or member. But the auditor came in, and under the pretense that since we weren't really open yet, we were still under renovation and construction, he conducted what he called an audit. It was not an audit. Uh, we called up the um, we called up the official organization that does uh, the audits, uh, auditors and uh, accountants, uh, the PCA Association, I believe it's called. And their opinion was that he did not conduct an audit. As it turned out, it was already in his mind that we should never have received charitable status. The man belonged to uh, a large church, I won't say the name, and he sat on the Board of Governors. And as we did a search on the Internet, we found out he also included in his title as a member of the Board of Governors as a auditor for the CRA, which we think was very unusual to start with. Just, to, However, just so I can move, yeah, I just want to move it along quickly so that people understand. He basically it, it, it determined on his own that your, your church wasn't Christian enough in his mind because, he, you know, as you've discussed on this show before, uh, you know, uh, UFOs and he saw books pertaining to Edgar Cayce and, uh, well, that's a, that's a good point, Richard. Yeah. What they basically said is that we were teaching yoga which was a uh, Buddhist religious um, practice, and it was non-Christian. Uh, they determined that our spiritual healing or laying on of hands was not Christian, uh, that we were teaching energy work and doing classes and meditation. They were not Christian. But uh, I, I sort of got off on the track a little bit, but because of his religious fundamentalist perspectives, 
uh, basically they made up five um, reasons why we should be deregulated. And although we were given a 90-day um, uh, time to um, to object or, or, I guess, appeal the auditor's decision, 47 days later, somebody in CRA uh, wrote a letter and deregulated the charity. Again, they never talked to the to the owners of the corporation, the directors. They never spoke to anyone else other than myself. And in in uh, in documents that came along, it showed that the man had said prior to even seeing us coming down to the center that we should never been a never should have been given charitable status. So by revoking by revoking your charitable status, that meant that automatically there were back taxes due on the uh, the church property. No, not quite, no? Richard. Uh, no, the corporation remarkably is allowed to function as a nonprofit. The charitable designation was removed, which meant that we couldn't defend ourselves financially. We couldn't raise money. Our insurance was canceled because we were now deregulated. And a whole lot of other bad things were, were happening to us because they printed the deregulation in the Canadian Gazette, which uh, shows deregulation kind of reason so we we appealed it this was outrageous how could they do that and we ended up going to federal court and when we got to the federal court of appeal which cost thousands of dollars something pretty close to ninety thousand dollars we had to borrow money against the property we put a mortgage on the building when we got to the court uh, which was back in in uh, june uh, end of june the Federal Court of Appeal didn't care what the auditor had to say at all. The Federal Court of Appeal basically upheld the decision of deregulation, even though there were all kinds of peculiarities, although, although there were all kinds of irregularities, and including that this man had said in his report that our, our spiritual release, he made this up, and I'm about to say this, it's in writing, he said this, he wrote this, that our spiritual beliefs were based on an entire civilization, uh, on, on, sorry, an entire series of books written by a civilization of extraterrestrials. Hmm. We, we could not believe that an official of the Canadian government would say such felonious things that were completely untrue. Apparently, he did a search on Google, and he found that the Law of One, because we practice the Law of One, a lot of gratitude, et cetera, et cetera, and that all our spiritual beliefs are based on the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and it talks about the Law of One and that the body has many parts, but it's only one body, that we are basically Christian Christians, if you will, following in the teachings of Christ. This man had the audacity to say that our teachings were based on books written by extraterrestrials. Of course, the joke around the center was that when we get to the Federal Court of Appeal, uh, whoever that lawyer is is going to stand up in front of the judge and say, yes, uh, these these people believe in extraterrestrial teachings and, and religious books from extraterrestrials, that we would... It wasn't. It was accepted as fact. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, so we're just about out of time here. But um, So you're taking this, hopefully, to the Supreme Court of Canada to challenge this, and you've, uh, you're have you in, in, in dire straits here because, uh, you know, this is, a, you know, you're spending, you're borrowing money in order to, to, to pay court costs. Uh, so how can people help? 
we have a GoFundMe page now. Uh, we're appearing to the federal court, uh, sorry, to the Supreme Court of Canada, and we're uh, defining that we do have freedom of religion, after all, on two points. One, that the government does not have the right to decide who is Christian enough or if they are sincere in their religious points of view. And that's why we're going to the Supreme Court. This will benefit any any people of faith, any other uh, church that's not fundamentalist. Uh, and if, if this is a, a deed that God has put in front of us. It's our honor and privilege to go all the way. But yes, uh, it's going to be another, it's going to be $300,000 in legal fees by the time we finish up next year. And it's GoFundMe.com, search many mansions, and you'll see it uh, laid out there. GoFundMe.com, search many mansions. That's the place to contribute. And we'll, we can give you lawyers' uh, contact numbers. You can search the records online to see that this is a, a legitimate request for help. Douglas James Cottrell stays with us into Hour 2 right here on The Conspiracy Show.